Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I am your host, Ben Kreider, and today we are going to be going over the NBA standings through two months of the regular season, as well as discussing the Thunder Timberwolves game that will be on tonight. So, when we are looking at these standings, currently the Oklahoma City Thunder are sitting at... So, going into the current standings right now, the Oklahoma City Thunder are sitting at 12th in the Western Conference with a 9-11 and record. They are one game away from the Sacramento Kings. They have not played each other at all this season, so I don't really know how the tiebreaker works there, but they're just one game away from them. And then right behind them, and 13th, the New Orleans Pelicans have an 8-12 and record. Honestly, I'm a little bit surprised that they are below us, seeing how they played pretty well against us on New Year's Eve earlier on in the year. But yeah, they're 13th, we are 12th. And if the draft were to happen today, or if the lottery were to, you know, you know what I mean. Season ends, look at the standings. We would have the 11th best odds at the number one pick in the draft. And this is surprising. People thought that the Oklahoma City Thunder would be a bottom dweller the whole entire season. That has just not been the case. And you can pick apart stats. Ooh, the offense are rating. They're not scoring enough. Go into the advanced stats all you want. The only thing that matters is the win-loss column. I mean, that's just what it is. You can go into the advanced stats and like, sure, they're really cool to talk about. You can make really good arguments with them. And I... I try to do that sometimes, but come on now. You can't just discredit what they've been doing. They've done a lot better than what the media and just everyone has expected them to do. 11th place right now, two games away from Kraken 500 yet again. Very, very solid for the Thunder. A lot of great guys kind of emerging. So, sure, maybe you don't have the top odds right now with the Thunder pick, but the amount of development that has been shown and just garnered through the team's success has been immense you're talking Isaiah Roby he's come out of nowhere same with Teo Maladon like he was a absolute draft steal and I think that was kind of the consensus like GMs thought he was a steal at 34 I know whenever I was talking about him mock draft I had him evaluated as number 20 not like on a big board but I had him going number 20 to the Miami Heat and whenever they selected Maladone, I was actually like super shocked because I didn't see any possibility he was going to drop all the way to the second. And normally Sam Presti does some curveballs where he doesn't even select like your typical prospects. I wanted Maladone there. He actually took him. So that's awesome. You know, I'm going to try to take some credit whenever I can. You know, you know, I kind of liked Maladone coming out of the draft. So I'm going to try to boost my ego up a little bit with that one. Anyways, he's done good. Roby's done good. Williams just came off one of the best games he has had, probably in a Thunder uniform. Hamadou Diallo, he has just broken out as a player. Same amount of minutes from last year. Just like doubling up on points. Rebound-wise, he's been one of our best rebounders. And even just going into other people. I mean, SGA's broken out. Dort's broken out. Baisley's had his moments. Just a lot of guys. And I probably miss some people here and there. Like, Muscala's been killing it too. You can just talk about all these guys you want. A lot of improvement going in and out of this Thunder team so far, and we're going to see some more going down to the G League, as I've mentioned. So there's more room to grow for other people that we have not seen a lot of. 
So very great stuff. Only 11th right now. We'll see kind of how that fluctuates. Uh, I know that this month is going to be a little bit of a rough patch for us when it comes to teams that we are facing off against. I will talk to you about that after our Minnesota Timberwolves set that we have going on. But yeah, there's a lot of interesting road ahead for this team. And number 11 may not be where we stay the entire entirety of the year, if you know what I'm saying. But this is not the only team that us Thunder fans should be worrying about right now. Because as you all know, the Oklahoma City Thunder just have so much draft capital. Sam Presti pulls some wizardry every single offseason. Well, not every offseason, but this one, he sure did. He's owning the draft boards for like years upon years. And the number of picks that are potentially in the Thunder's hands, we're talking first round picks and like super high seconds. There's a lot of them. So you need to be looking at four other teams outside of the Thunder. You need to look at the Rockets, the Heat the Warriors, and also the Minnesota Timberwolves. And when we are looking at the Houston Rockets, we know, you know, we have the right to swap picks with them. Uh, And with the terms of our deal that we had, I believe it was the Paul George trade or whatever, we can have two of three of our own pick, Houston's pick, and the Miami Heat's pick right now. And the Houston Rockets, they actually have the worst out of the three right now. But they are still a lottery team. They are number 13 in terms of where they are. Like if the season ended, they are sitting at 11 and 10. So pretty good record for them. That makes them good for 10th in the Western Conference. So I think if there's a play-in, they could technically get in. I believe it's 7 through 10. So they would have a chance at the play-in. And I mean, they've been killing it. Like out of their last eight games, they've won seven of them. And if you all know, the only one that they dropped was to the SGA list Thunder, Dort's out. I mean, it was just our bench guys beating up on him, up by 30 points at one point. So, great stuff from our bench guys to just pretty much roll over them. They bounced back. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies literally yesterday to get back up to 11-10. and But there's a storyline that came out of that Grizzlies game, and it's Christian Wood. He rolled his ankle pretty bad on one of these plays yesterday and he did have like an ankle sprain or he rolled his ankle earlier on in the season he was out three games we don't know the status of how long wood is going to be out but he had to be like walked over like he had his teammates helping him out he's like hobbling over to a wheelchair or whatever got carted off and we didn't see him the rest of the game but i mean could he be gone for an extended amount of time you have to wait and see because the mri is going to take place today and then you know the results will kind of come out through the media in like the hours or however long after it we're gonna figure this out probably the next couple days how long wood will not be in the picture for them but they have a pretty solid backup in demarcus cousins we saw it firsthand on monday five three-pointers stretching the floor out i think he had double digits on wednesday's game too but definitely was not as efficient as monday he's not a terrible starter i mean if you have to throw boogie out there it's not a bad option you can survive with him but who's going to be the backup center they only had christian wood and demarcus cousins depth is an issue with this rockets team and i remember covering these guys just trying to break down what these picks would look like they had bruno caboclo on the team still and he was like their third string center bruno caboclo got cut in order for this james harden deal to work out i believe so caboclo he's just out of there Their third string center is either P.J. Tucker 
Or you can move up someone like Deshaun Tate, but I don't think Deshaun Tate's gonna move. Only guy who he could probably move up is Tucker, but he's your starting power forward. So it's gonna be a bit of an issue until Wood comes back, and that's going to create an interesting stretch of games there for the Rockets. They're losing out on debatably their best player this year in Wood. I mean, he's crushing it in terms of the most improved player race. He's averaging like 23 points, 10 point some odd rebounds. No one's able to stop him. We saw it on Horford just driving through. Got stopped on Wednesday, but still played well on Monday. Split like a lot of his games how he did on Monday, where he was just dominant when it came to slashing and he could stretch it. They don't have that. They got Boogie who can shoot, but it's more like that Al Horford type where there's not a little, there's not a lot of mobility there. And behind him, you just don't know. John Wall and Victor Oladipo will need to step up in his absence. And you got guys like Aaron Gordon who have had the hot hand. They will need the usage of him as well if they want to be able to continue to keep winning their ball games. But they're the, I guess, worst or best out of the three, whichever you, whichever way you want to put it. The worst pick, or you know what? I'm going to say the best pick because if the season ended, the Miami Heat would have the fourth best odds at the number one pick. And guess what? The Oklahoma City Thunder would own that right now. The Miami Heat, let's just face it, they have been struggling. They are 13th in the Eastern Conference, which, you know, that, that means something. They are 7-14 and 14 right now, and that's so, it's so weird to see that. They are behind teams like the New York Knicks. They're number 9. The Raptors, who they've kind of had an off year. The Chicago Bulls and the Magic are also right above them. The only two teams who are below the Heat right now are the Washington Wizards and the Detroit Pistons. So, a little bit funky seeing the Heat down this far. And, I mean, the reason why they have been not able to stay up there in the conference, it's been injuries. And just their last, I'd say, eight or so games, they have not been playing too well. They've lost seven of their past eight. So they went from, you know, a pretty solid record, I would say, because let's see, I I think they were six and seven until they got in this cold spell. And now look at where they are. They are looking right at the brink of a top pick in the draft. Obviously, they don't touch it at all. Stunders, but yeah. I mean, injuries have plagued them though. I think you need to take the 7-14 record with a little bit of a grain of salt right now. Jimmy Butler's only played 9 of their 21 games so far this year. Tyler Hero, he's been out 7 of these games. And Bam Adebayo, he has also been out too. So just kind of ping-ponging back and forth, trading off on which guys are not in the rotation. And because of that, you've seen a lot of just different rotations out there. I know that they've been using a lot of Kendrick Nunn lately, and the efficiency has not been at a very high rate. Duncan Robinson, I mean, he's been in all 21 games, but the efficiency is not up to that he was having in the playoffs. Still a solid player, just not able to carry your team uh, as he was at times in Orlando. And then you just got like other players out there like Precious Achua. I know he had a big game earlier on in this season whenever Adebayo was not with the roster. And then you got guys like Gabe Benson and Casey Akpala who are having to step up in absence of some of these other names. So they just have not been able to have the time to kind of get their stuff together. 
And whenever Jimmy Butler has come back in games, the team has just kind of been off sync. Like, Jimmy Butler, he has not had the ball or the opportunities necessary to kind of succeed. I feel like some of these guys in particular, the guards for the Miami Heat right now, they've kind of just been shot chucking. And Jimmy Butler, as we know, he needs the ball in his hands. You can't just use the guy as like an off-ball player. Give him the ball and let him work against his defender. Let let him toy around to get his buckets. Have not been doing that, so he has not had the best of years. And then Bam Adebayo, he's kind of just had to try to wrap this whole entire team around him so far in this season. I mean, he has had some great numbers on the year so far. He's averaging near 20 points and 10 rebounds right now for the team. He's leading in both categories right there. If you break it down to like, you know, going in depth, it's 19.9 points and 9.4 rebounds, whatever. I'll just bump him up because why not? But he's really just had to be their guy because of the issues they've had surrounding him and they got to get their act together. I'd probably just bank on them eventually turning the corner here, but as a Thunder fan, I mean, you cannot be complaining about the Miami Heat playing like garbage right now. You know, if they want to keep losing their games, there's no reason to be mad at them. We will gladly take the number four odd pick in the draft because you already know that number four odd, that can turn into the number one pick. We've seen it happen. Same token, though, we've also seen the number four pick like drop down three or four spots. So, goes up and down. You much rather have that than the 11th pick right now, though. So, if the draft happened or the lottery happened today, you know, if they weren't doing like safety protocol stuff, he'd be in the room with uh, Deputy Commissioner Mark Tatum while he's pulling out the cards. Fourth best odds, 11th best odds. See where the cards fall on the table. But that's what you're looking at right there. Still got to think about the Houston Rockets. And then you also got to think about the Golden State Warriors. Because you got to remember, we had Kelly Oubre for like a week or two off that Chris Paul trade. And what did we do? We just flipped them for that 1 through 20 protected first from the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, there was a time this year where I almost just made a podcast to be like, that was kind of a dumb trade. But it really does not seem that way anymore. I mean, there was a time where it looked like the Warriors were obviously going to have a pick below the 20-point range. And Kelly Oubre was actually looked as a trade chip for like a Lonzo Ball deal. Those may have just been baseless rumors or whatever. But it would have been cool to be in the market for that. I don't even know if that would work long-term with SGA. But I don't want to get into it. I was just kind of dreaming about it in my head. Like, you know, maybe maybe sticking with the... Kelly Oubre Jr. would have helped us out. We didn't keep him, and the pick looks like it may end up converting right now because they are 19th in the league in terms of standings. And if you're looking in the Western Conference, they're not doing too shabby. They're 7th in the West with a 12-10 record, and they just came off a big win against the Dallas Mavericks. I'm surprised they're doing so bad. They're 9-14, they're but... That's for another day. I mean, the Warriors, they've just kind of been clicking, and they've just been rallying around Steph Curry. Steph Curry was injured pretty much all last year. He's back now, and he's back to playing at MVP levels. He's leading the team with 28.2 points in scoring. He has 1.3 steals, and you already know he's getting it done in the other areas too. He's getting 5.7 rebounds and 6.1 assists. 
Andrew Wiggins, he was looked at as a negative trade asset last year. He's built his stock back up. He's had games where he has been the number two option behind Steph Curry. And if you're looking at the averages throughout their their first however many games of the year, he has been their number two option in terms of points. He's averaging 17.7 points, getting 4.8 rebounds and 2.2 assists. Inefficiency has not been too big of a problem with Wiggins thus far. We know throughout his career, everyone's been complaining. He has not been too consistent. He's been stringing up some solid games so far, offensively and defensively. So pleasant surprise for them. I think they got their one and two pretty well situated. And they even got James Wiseman, their number two pick in the draft, doing pretty solid for them. He's leading the team in rebounds with 6.1. And then he's also racking up 12.2 points per game. And he got relegated to the bench for whatever reason. He was starting and then... Steve Kerr, I don't know, for whatever reason, he wanted to see him on the bench, and right now, I think he's out, but he's been nice for them. It looked like he can be a serviceable center for the entirety of the year for the Golden State Warriors, and then you got guys like Draymond Green have not been playing extremely well. Um, He's only averaging 4.6 points, but he's getting five rebounds and a team-high 6.6 assists, so he's helping out in other areas. And one other dude that I didn't mention was the man that gave us this pick in the first place, Kelly Oubre Jr. And he's going to be the real wild card in whether or not we get this pick or not. They got a good foundation right now. Steph Curry, he can lead your team, right? He's like the Westbrook Westbrook type we had in his MVP year. You can rally around him and he will get you buckets. And then you got Wiggins, you got Wiseman, Draymond to some extent. Kelly Oubre... He's got the ball rolling. You're probably going to win the game. And this game that I was talking about from yesterday, where they just steamrolled the Dallas Mavericks, you know who led that game in scoring? It was Kelly Oubre Jr. He dropped a 40 bomb on the Mavs, and he shot 70% from downtown. If he can maintain, obviously not maintaining 40 points and 70% from downtown, but if he can just raise up his percentages all around, The team should be good to go. Right now, he's only averaging 12 points so far on the year, and it hasn't been too efficient. 37% from the field and 23% from three. If you guys did not check Instagram through like the first week of the year, you would have seen constant Kelly Oubre after Kelly Oubre slander all over the place. I think all his points were coming from like layups or dunks. For a good bit, it took him forever to make a three. And, you know, it shows them percentages. He still has not gotten up there. But if he can raise up those shots, become a reliable three-point shooter again, and just have those games where he's able to be one of the main pieces and drop 18 to 20 points, kind of do what Andrew Wiggins is doing right now. Like, he's being the perfect sidekick. He's filling in when necessary. Only 17.7 points. But that goes a long way when you're talking a game of basketball. So he's able to jump up just five points. That can mean a lot more wins in the win-loss column. And that's going to matter for us because we want the Golden State Warriors to win. We want to get that first round pick. We don't want Golden State winning the championship or anything. But being a top 10 team, that's what we want to see from Golden State this year. But if that does not happen, you're looking at the Minnesota Timberwolves second round pick. And right now, that's not even a bad compensation prize. They are tied for the worst record in the league right now. 
them and the Detroit Pistons have a 5-16 record. They would have the number 32 pick in the draft right now, though. I believe it's due to some sort of tiebreaker. Maybe they faced up earlier in the season. But yeah, that pick would stand at number 32. Currently, that's the one we'd have, unless, you know, Golden State gets a couple more wins, then we'd have that one. But number 32, that is not too terrible. I think long term, you got to be wondering what's going on with Carl Anthony Towns. He has been out for a while. He's going to be out in this game as well against the Thunder. I will talk about that in a little bit, though. So we're going to have to see what happens with Cat. If he's back, they're probably going to get some more wins, and maybe they'll be able to get themselves out of this huge hole they've dug for themselves not have as bad of a pick we'll see what happens though and you know you're gonna have to be looking at minnesota kind of quietly throughout the season i wasn't really looking at them seriously until i broke down the numbers but you know if golden state doesn't end up being a top 10 team you're looking at minnesota so just keep them in the corner of your eye and we're not keeping them in the corner of our eye tonight we're going to be staring them right down on the television screen. They're going to be playing the OKC Thunder tonight at 7 p.m. And this is going to be a bit different. I mean, both sides have a lot of potential injuries for the Thunder. A lot of set in stone ones. Minnesota, not so much. Nas Reed, who has been killing it for the Timberwolves. He is probable for the game with a right wrist brain. I'd probably expect him to be suiting up and playing some sort of role. Juan Hernan Gomez, he is also dealing with the health and safety protocols. He may actually be back too, though. Um, but And also D'Angelo Russell, he's probable for the game. He has a right quad contusion. And you got Jared Culver and Carl Anthony Towns, who are without a doubt going to not be playing in this one. So Jared Culver, I mean, he has not been shooting off the page or anything. He's brought them minutes serviceably at the 2-3. Th- and three. Won't see him. Carl Anthony Towns, the big man who probably would be leading the team right now if he was playing a lot. Nope, he's not playing at all. He still is dealing with the health and safety protocols, so we will not see him. Not sure about Reed, Russell, or Hernan Gomez, though. With the OKC Thunder, though, I mean, there are a lot of guys out. You're talking G League people, they're gone. That leaves you with just 12 guys. And then you got to take into account Trevor Reza. Trim it down to 11. And then you got three pretty big injuries to talk about. We know George Hill. He's going to be out for a little while with that right thumb injury. So knock it down to 10. SGA, he is going to be out for the second game in a row with a knee injury. And then Lou Dort, he is also going to be out. We saw him get taken out after the first half of the Rockets game on Wednesday. He's not going to be playing in this one. They want to heal both of those guys up. And that means the OKC Thunder will just have nine players active for the game. So you thought 10 was weird? Oh no, just get ready for this one. There is going to be a lot of fun stuff to talk about when we are looking at all these guys. Because they're all going to be playing a lot of minutes. For OKC, you kind of just got to predict the starting lineup right now. You know Teo's going to be running point guard. Diallo's going to be at the two. At the four, you got Baisley and rounding it out. You got Al Horford. But who's going to be playing at the small forward position? I'm going to assume it's Kenrich Williams. I mean, he just played the game of his life on Wednesday, so you'd think he'd be rewarded. Six foot seven. Yeah, that's kind of your traditional height for a three. Plug him right in there, Mark Dagnall. See how he rolls with it. You still got to 
take into account other people like Justin Jackson and Isaiah Roby, maybe. But I think Kenrich Williams, that's probably going to be your guy. With the Minnesota Timberwolves, you don't really know what to expect with them either because D'Angelo Russell, because of Nas Reed. I'm just going to throw both of them in there and say, hell, you know, they're both going to be playing. So expect to see D'Angelo Russell and Reed probably alongside alongside Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley, and whoever you want to plug up that other spot with. You're talking guys like Jake Lehman or Jared Vanderbilt, if you care about either of those. I think if the Thunder want to win this one, they got to do the same thing they did on Wednesday. They got to stop the hot hands. We're talking for the Rockets. They had Christian Wood doing really well for them. DeMarcus Cousins, Victor Oladipo, and Eric Gordon. I'd say those are the main people. Only guy who still went off, I'd say, was Eric Gordon out of that pack, and it resulted in the W. And the Minnesota Timberwolves, despite the record, they kind of have gotten on a bit of a streak here with some of their players, and it starts with Nas Reed. He has not been playing a lot of minutes. He's kind of like Hamadou Diallo in the sense where, like, in per 36 or per 48 minutes, this guy would be looking like an all-star because he's only playing 22 minutes in games. But he's averaging 11.8 points in 5 rebounds at the center position. So he's done a nice job kind of filling in the the gap that Carl Anthony Towns has left. Really like a face-up big. He's a pretty burly guy. So he's going to be working on the inside with Al Horford. Pretty athletic too. So you might want to see him in like the pick and rolls or whatnot. You also got to look at Anthony Edwards. The number one pick who people have kind of been counting out. He started out slow to this season people were kind of questioning like if he really cared about basketball well I mean looks like he is right now because in his last seven games he's been averaging 17.3 points for them so he is going to be able to create from pretty much all three levels of the floor you got to be able to stop Anthony Edwards you do not want to let the number one pick just unleash on your guys because you only have nine players if you got to focus like two or three of your guys on them they're all fatigued off Edwards. You don't really have much cushion off the bench to stop him. And that leaves other options open to kind of be in attack mode. And I think the main guy who can do that is Malik Beasley for the Timberwolves. He's leading their team right now on points, averaging just a hair over 20, 20.1 points per game. And in his last six games, he has dropped 20 plus in five of them, including a 30 piece I'd say about a week ago. So he is doing very well for himself right now. Came over from the Nuggets, kind of just like a really amplified role player. That's pretty much what the Nuggets do. They got a roster full of really great guys, and then they kind of just end up flipping them because they have too many of them, and then they turn into really good players. Look at Nurkic, and hey, look at Malik Beasley. He's not doing too shabby for the T-Wolves right now. So you need to shut him down. Cannot let either of those two shot creators and Edwards or Beasley kill you, and then you gotta make sure Nas Reed is not going crazy. Still gotta talk about D'Angelo Russell too. Didn't mention him because, you know, he may not play, but if he is, he is another shot creator that can help them out big time. So stop those three guards and stop Nas Reed. Those are my tips. And then, I mean, when we're looking at the offensive side of things, you need to be looking at the breakfast club yet again. We don't have SGA, we don't have Dort, and we don't have Hill. Three out of your typical five starters. Cross them off the board. It's going to be a lot of people filling in, playing some big roles again. And it worked on Wednesday. See if it works again 
tonight. And Teo Maladon, I mean, he had a really positive impact on Wednesday despite not even shooting well, shooting just 2 of 12 from the field. But he had 6 steals and a really nice snatch block. So he did it on the defensive side of things. He's going to need to be able to clamp up whoever it may be. D'Angelo Russell, Ricky Rubio, whoever they're throwing at the one. Maladon needs to be prepared for them. And then, hey, he didn't really have a good offensive game. Maybe he can turn it up a bit and drop some double digits on high efficiency. Maybe he can be the leader passing the ball around. I think he only had four assists in the previous game. He was kind of splitting the ball handling role with people such as Darius Baisley. Maybe he kind of gets more of that role like relinquished to him. He can try to tinker around with that, see what happens. He's very great in the high pick and roll. He can make stuff happen, kick out. I wouldn't mind seeing Maladon in the pick and roll early on and see what happens, especially when Kendrick Williams very well could be your small forward. We know he can hit down the threes. So surround him with shooters, high pick and roll, maybe able to see some fireworks on the offensive end. And then defensively, still got to look at him, man. Hamidou Diallo, that's your next guy, though. Mr. Consistent so far. Imagine if I told you that, like, at the beginning of the season. Like, oh, yeah, Hamidou Diallo would probably be the most efficient guy on our roster. Surefire double-digit guy off the bench every game. Are, are you serious? Yeah. That sounded that sounds a bit ridiculous, um, seeing how like last year he would have games where he couldn't make a shot. He's got gotten a lot better this season, no doubt about it. And starting for the second game in a row, should be able to take whoever he wants to town again. Penetrating. This guy's like a straight up train. You're not really gonna affect him much on his way up the only way you're affecting him is if you smack him across the face or you just grab his wrist while he's going up and he's going to the line and he didn't miss any free throws against the rockets i think he shot what 15 in total hit all 15 you don't want to be messing with him in the line right now and sure you know you may be thinking just like a casino you'd think the odds would run out a little bit the dealer always wins so diallo's averaging like I'd say like 55 to 60% from the free throw line right now. At what point is he kind of just going to sink back down? I don't know. Timberwolves have an opportunity to test that against Diallo. He's going to be attacking hard at them because they simply need the points with SGA and Dork gone. I think he can provide that for them. And then you got Kenrich Williams, who also can provide for the team. 19 points, leading the team Last game on 7 of 8 shooting, 3 of 3 from outside, and also doing a lot of great stuff on defense. Not showing up on the stat sheet, but you could definitely see it on the television screen. So, how is he going to follow it up? Will he be left wide open for threes, and will he cash in on them? That's a big question, because he will need to be converting on threes if he wants to work on the insides. We saw him slashing to the basket on backdoor cuts, taking it inside on smaller guards. He definitely can do that. I mean, the Timberwolves are not really that tall right now when it comes to their roster. They got people like Culver out, Hernan Gomez probably out, Towns out. They're running with a smaller unit. Kenrich Williams, if he's slipping in at the two or even at times at the three, he should be matched up on smaller people such as Malik Beasley. So try to take advantage of that. That would be my suggestion. And then he even got some surprises off the bench too who are going to play even more again. I mean, Mike Muscala, 
you already know about him. He's going to be playing. He's going to be getting his threes up. You hope he makes them. And it's not really hope. I mean, he makes a couple of them a game. It just depends on what kind of percentage you're talking. I'm talking guys who we really have not seen a lot of. Justin Jackson and Darius Miller. On the number of attempts Justin Jackson takes per game, you know, if he gets it going, this guy could drop 20 to 30 points just off that signature runner of his own. He's doing it on three people. It doesn't matter. He takes whatever shots he wants, and he actually looks pretty confident when he does it. Just shooting threes away, driving in, flipping it up. Hey, if it if it works, it works. Most of the time, it doesn't work. But hey, maybe Justin Jackson can get things together. He can be the Kenrich Williams of tonight's game and be the headlines for all the Thunder media tomorrow. You know? It's been that kind of year. There's always somebody kind of surprising. Could it be Justin Jackson? Eh, I'm not sure. Same with Darius Miller. I mean, he only played 10 minutes on Wednesday. He had three points. Hasn't been playing in a while. I think this was his second or third game of the year with us. He should be making it three or four, whatever number it may be. He's going to be playing because Dort's gone. He's a small forward. Kind of just works out. We'll see what he's doing from downtown. But I think Darius Baisley is a guy that you need to be emphasizing. He has slowly started to get up to the double-digit scoring yet again. And he's even getting a lot of rebounds. I mean, the last game he had 18 points, 12 boards. Game before that, 15 points. Game before that, 14 points. So he started dropping points again. He's not as cold anymore. You know, even now with Dort out, that's even more of a piece of the pie to be taken up. Could Darius Baisley be given the SGA treatment in this game? Just let all hell break loose? I mean, I was looking at projected starting lineups for this Timberwolves team, and there were seriously reports of Anthony Edwards playing at power forward. I would absolutely love to see Anthony Edwards going up against Darius Baisley at that spot. Because guess what? Anthony Edwards, he's only six foot four. And I saw this off the NBA.com page. Like, I'm not I'm not even kidding with you guys. They had Anthony Edwards playing at the four at six foot four. I'd love to see that matchup. Darius Baisley having a four-inch height advantage. I mean, Edwards, he's got a six foot nine wingspan. Baisley's around seven foot, but he's still a lot more lengthy than him. And you know what that means? That means a lot of blow-bys, drives, and potential kickouts to other guys so even from three i mean he's been able to create with the step backs of his and working his way inside he's been crushing it as well so this could be the breakout game from darius Baisley. i mean we talk about it every single time on here like yeah this could be the game for Baisley. yeah i mean this would be the perfect chance to same with everyone but i'd probably say in particular Baisley, because i mean even before sga was gone Baisley was given the secondary ball handler role at times. I'd say on Wednesday, he probably was the primary ball handler when he was out there. Sometimes he let other people go loose with it. Like when Diallo's going, clearly Diallo's going to be the primary ball handler whenever he's feeling it. But when he's not, I think Baisley kind of was the main man. He had Maladon sprinkled in there. But yeah, I, ex- I fully expect to see Baisley with the ball in his hands a lot. And he's going to be applying a ton of pressure to the Timberwolves right now, especially if they have a lot of injuries to be dealing with. If they don't have Hurd and Gomez to stack up with him height-wise, it will be an issue. And Anthony Edwards, he's a quick dude, but 
I, I truthfully don't expect him to be stopping him on drive. So be really high on Darius Baisley, as well as all the normal members of the Breakfast Club. That's really what you're looking at here. I think you do need to talk about Al Horford going up against Nas Reed in this game. Really didn't cover that one much, but we'll see how kind of how the pace works out. And then even Isaiah Roby did very solid in the last one with 13 points. Very good job in the high pick and roll with Hamadou Diallo, actually. Not as much Maladone. Will he get the same treatment where he is able to play at the five for an extended run of time? It's a possibility, and if it is, could be pretty fun to watch. Maybe the Maladone Roby connection going off yet again. So, a lot of fun stuff to talk about in this one. There's going to be some flashy names that probably we weren't expecting uh, showing up big time in the 48 minutes of play. And I'll keep you all updated tomorrow with the ongoings with the game. But other than that, guys, that is going to wrap up today's podcast. I thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. See ya.